Welcome on in everybody to the Cafe Corner. I hope you're doing incredible. Happy, 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 happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. I hope you're all doing, I've already said you're all doing incredible. What episode is this? I was thinking about this the other, other day and I was just like, I've completely lost count on episode numbers. I think it's six. But welcome on in. I hope you, I hope you're doing uh, incredibly. I hope you're you have had a wonderful day, or is going to have a wonderful day. Is going to have are going to have. I, I, you will be having <laughs> a wonderful day. Um, if there are some really loud noises, it's because there's a storm going on outside. Uh, she's very very loud. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. So today's episode is about short-term memory, different explanations of short-term memory, and memory techniques, which I am super, 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 super excited to talk about because there are so many techniques that I use um, that work for me very, very well, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they can work for you as well. But we're going to start off with the first section of short, uh, what short-term memory is. So short-term memory, coined, coined, I would like to say was coined by Axing, oh my god, Axin, Atkinson, 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 um, and basically he was a cognitive psychologist who proposed the model called the multi-store model, and in this model there are three separate stores and we touched briefly upon this in the first episode um but he described these stores as sensory register short-term memory and long-term memory now we already covered short uh, long-term memory in the first episode and sensory register is just the initial kind of it, it's basically lasts for half a second and it's all the sensory information that is processed. So for example, our, our visual information, our olfactory information, which is our smell, smell or taste, can't remember, or <laughs> um, touch, all of that, all the five senses. Uh, the short-term memory is basically where m- maintenance rehearsal occurs. And where it's like when you, we'll use the example we used last, on last week's episode, uh, when you're trying to remember a phone number, so you constantly repeat the numbers in your head. And that lasts about like 18 seconds to 30 seconds. And then that gets transformed into a long-term memory. And so that's one approach to explaining memory in general uh, as different stores, and it's quite a linear process. However... As critiques came by, or as new elements were learnt, as new res- as research continued, uh, a different approach by Bol Badly, not Bolby, Badly, <laughs> by Badly uh, was created, and that model was called the working memory model. Now, this memory, this memory model was specifically focused on short-term memory and it described different kind of sub stores within short-term memory and the complexity of short-term memory 
So he described, I'm literally going to draw this out with my hands. So if I hit the mic, I apologies. But there are different types of stores. So you have the cent- central exec- executive, uh, which is kind of the master, the master store. It kind of dictates what information goes where. Then you have the phonological loop. You have the visual spatial sketch pad. And then you also have the episodic buffer. Now, the phonological loop is subdivided into the articulary loop and the phonological store. And this, I like to call this the audio processor of the short-term memory. It's like your inner dialogue. It's the inner. It's your inner ear that keeps repeating something, and then your store is just the. the it temporarily holds the information. The visual spatial sketch pad is everything visual. Uh, it stores visual information, and the episodic buffer is kind of any other type of information. Now, obviously, this is a very skim skim through kind of touching the bare surface of these models so like i always emphasize in my podcasts make sure you do your own research if you are interested in learning more about these models and memory and stuff in general uh make sure you get a well-rounded approach um and make sure you do your own research alongside this as well so with those two models there came a different type of model uh, and this is why this is why I love so like stuff like this, stuff like memory and psychology. It's just building upon research. It's just building and building and build, building to better understand how we function or how our memory functions or how we coordinate things. It's just it's ah ah right anyway. <laughs> so there's a different uh, model proposed by oh god. <laughs> Craig and Lockhart in 1972 and they described this model of memory as levels of processing and now personally I prefer this model not saying that the other models aren't bad or I'm critiquing them in a negative way I think every single model has its positives and its flaws uh, because we can't actually these are all uh, inferences of what actually happens in our brains we can't really i mean we can technically we've we've got brain scans but when these were derived they couldn't really look into brain activity and such so all of these models have been inferred and kind of guessed upon so they all have their flaws but i personally like this model because i I, either I understand it better or it makes a little bit more sense to me, whatever it is. This model is probably my personal favourite model, but I'm not going to bias on it. <laughs> I feel like I already have, but it's fine. <laughs> so um, this model suggests that memory doesn't reside in stores. So memory isn't really what like one specific, like short term memory, long term memory. It's derived from different types. of It's, it's fluid basically and memory just the strength of a memory depends solely well not solely but depends on the quality of the processing 
or the rehearsal of the processing. And the more we think about it, the more the more lasting that memory becomes. And there's different types of processing. There's shallow processing and then there's deep uh, processing. Oh, I hit the mic. I'm sorry. Uh, there's shallow processing and then there's deep processing. Shallow processing is basically considering the overall experience, the, like the overall appearance or the sound of something. So for example, if you're walking in a crowd, just the sound of someone's voice or the, the appearance of someone's voice, something very vague. Um, and then genuinely, this leads to forgetting because if you if someone asked you, hey, do you remember the person that you walked past? You're very unlikely to remember that, but you're gonna still process it. It's just very unlikely to mem you're very unlikely to kind of keep it in your brain because it's not really a priority. Um, and another type of processing that this model further kind of introduced is deep processing. And deep processing is just where it's elaborate rehearsal. It's constant rehearsal over and over and over again. It's when we're almost focusing on a stimulus attaching meaning to it or attaching something to it it's it's almost like critical thinking it's it, it's it's your brain's way of processing and grasping the information and holding on to it so there's different types of processing in this model in this specific model so the reason i like this model is because of just how fluid it is it fluid it is in the multi-store and the working memory model, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, the working memory model is very, very similar uh, to the multi-store model. It's just, it elaborates a bit more on the short-term memory store. But like both the multi-store model and the working memory model, both are very store-based. Both is very logical. It's almost mechanical. It's like input, output, input, processing, output. Uh, whereas this model is a little bit more fluid, and I generally, when I when I'm when I was researching this, I was just like, it's not as in depth as the other two. However, it's almost just a general kind of consensus. And I was like thinking about this, and I was just sitting here. Like, there are different types of revision that we that that's so like that's almost called upon within. Like you know the you know the saying of passive, uh, passive, what's it called? Pa passive recall and active recall. So I guess it's a little bit like shallow processing. Passive recall is just skim reading or looking at the appearance, like briefly reading through something, and you're not actually processing it. Whereas active recall, you're required to process something for you to be able to recall it. So I was thinking it like that, and it was really interesting in my head. But <laughs> we're going to uh, go on to memory techniques. Now, I will link the video that I watched in about this while I was researching, and I'll also link the article with all the models if you would like to read or further develop your knowledge on the models. I will also link that in the description. I need to make my make sure I remember to do that, actually. Um, bear with me, I'm going to write it down. <laughs> right, so memory techniques, memory techniques, memory techniques, memory techniques, Try say that 10 times really, really fast. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> wait, wait, memory techniques, memory techniques. No, 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 <laughs> my math gave up. But in this video, uh, 
this video basically is how to remember anything that you read and this video was very very insightful and i realized i was doing a lot of the things that they were saying without realizing but there's almost like a system right there's a system to what we do there's a system to what we read there's a system of how everything works almost so by creating a system of revision or creating a, a system of like reading a book it allows it to it allows your brain to process what the information and allows it for better and allows you to have better recall of that said information so this is kind of what he was talking about in the video and obviously make sure you go check out the video it's a wonderful video i love it so much but he mentioned this kind of stage process of reading books and that it wouldn't really be so he split the books into two types of things he split the book into things like information that you need for let's say exams and stuff but he also split it into books that will help you so for example atomic habits in your daily life that you that you'll apply to so for for in, for the books that give you information that you kind of just need just to pass an exam or something uh this was the process that he mentioned he mentioned to pre-read which is just skimming the chapter skimming through things um and then using a highlighter and highlighting being controversial basically you don't highlight everything i think highlight the things that will almost act as trigger words that's what i do i i highlight the words or the sentences or the phrases that will trigger me to recall that information so for example if i'm reading about let's say aggression that's why i did very recently i was reading about aggression through our homework and i was reading the ethological approach to aggression which is just the approach that uh animal behaviors can be almost extrapolated to humans behavior um and i was reading its approach towards aggression and a specific word called fix fixed action pattern came up and i was like okay that that will be a trigger that will most certainly be like a question or something so that and that was a trigger word for the process because for me for some reason fixed action potential allows me to remember the entire process of there's an environmental stimulus and then that leads the r i r m to cause the fixed action potential and the fixed action potential is um it can't be stopped it's uh what's the word i'm looking for because of b <laughs> ballistic it can't be stopped and these characters like those those trigger words i all highlighted the words uh, i highlighted the the word ballistic the word r i r m the word environmental stimulus those are all things that i highlighted in a trigger and i do this without with every single article i do i skim read it and then i pick out the words that will most like that are very common among concepts within the article or within the book and then by highlighting that i can use that as a trigger word and i i can use that to make connections and links between the information that i'm given then uh he said to take notes after you read not during but after you read slash have lessons uh 
now obviously it's hard depending on like so for my lessons i have to the lessons are built around taking notes so for example the teacher would explain the slide and then ask us to take notes off of the slide similar thing you want to read and make sure you understand everything before you take notes therefore you can shorten your notes and you can use mainly those trigger words instead of like copying the entirety of the slide or the entirety of the textbook because then you're just going to have to repeat this process again so either this is what i do in lessons personally i skim through the board or i listen to what the teacher is saying i pick out almost the words that will that will almost act as a trigger for these certain sentences and then or the certain information and then i write write those down with a brief explanation just in case i forget so then he also mentioned this is a very very brief kind of overview of the video make sure you go check out the video because it's such a good video he's explained it so 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 well i am oh my god heavily praised of this video it's my it's wonderful it's wonderful it really has helped me with not only my studying but general information in general general inf in general information processing and mem memorizing techniques but he then mentioned summarizing everything so looking bo at both your notes and your book and maybe doing even some further reading we often get we often understand things and information when they're put into context and when we learn about these contexts for example through wider reading we can apply it better in our heads and therefore can apply it better to different situations uh and doing the a doing my a levels i've noticed that application is such a crucial thing and it's a crucial skill that we use on a daily basis we apply a lot of our knowledge to what we know that's how we kind of go through our day like go through our day-to-day -day mundane lives we tend to apply what we are prior we apply our prior knowledge <laughs> we apply our prior knowledge to new situations and this is what we call a schema a schema is where we almost it's basically a mental shortcut so we don't have to relearn every single thing that we do so for example you know a fork is used as cutlery um and that's a schema that we built or if i tell you to think of a pic uh, a picnic you're most likely going to think of a red and white blanket with a with a the wooden bar we woven wooden not wooden like a woven basket and you'll probably i think of wine glasses but they don't actually have wine in they have orange juice in it's just it's a specific thing i think of but that's a, that's basically a schema <laughs> i just i i don't know i don't know it's my head it's weird <laughs> but um summarizing everything and looking at both your notes and your books is basically what my version of flashcards that's what i do with flashcards i bullet point i look at my notes and i also look at my textbook and i just bullet point the key points on my flashcards and essentially i just bullet point the things i've highlighted <laughs> aka the trigger words because and and then I look back at those flashcards and then I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that's that information. Oh, oh my god, yeah, that's that information. So that's how I do that. And then interest, I think interest is such a crucial thing 
to memorizing something. When you have an interest in something, you're more likely to spend a lot more hours doing it because it, well, you, you like it, you're interested in it. And it's it fascinates you. And the more, the more that you wider read around something, uh, that, blah, 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 that basically because you're interested in something you're more likely to wi- like wider read wider read you're more likely to read around blah, 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 oh my god you're more likely to read around it uh and when you read around it you gain a lot more contextual information and therefore you'll have a deeper processing essentially of that said information and then it'll be you could apply it to any sort of situation uh in the exam for example exam question and essay question all of that so that was when we are revising for exam and it's quite a lengthy process but if you kind of break it down pre-lecture reading for example or pre-lesson reading is your pre-reading it's getting your brain familiar with the information i was actually on a talk with a friend uh, about this we were we were saying how I can't remember the context of that specific sentence but we were saying how our brain gets familiar with things so for example if I tell you to close your eyes right now and think of a color uh, keep thinking of that color and when you open your eyes all you're going to notice is that color because your brain is almost pre you've predetermined you're not predetermined you've yeah, predetermined. You've almost predetermined your brain to look at that colour, to find that colour in your environment. That's essentially what pre-reading does. So when you pre-read before a lesson or before a lecture, you're prepping your brain for the information almost. And then you're highlighting and you're taking notes like during the lesson or after the lesson is your is your basically your lesson. Uh, when When you're going through your lesson, you're highlighting the things in your brain that you need to like keep aware of and then after lessons you're writing it down you're consolidating and then you're summarizing as let's say your flashcard making or your mind map making or you're uh, making a film making <laughs> and then interest could just be any further reading uh, around it and when when you break it down like that it doesn't it still seems daunting to be honest but it doesn't seem as daunting as one it's it seems manageable at least for me but your pre-reading doesn't have to be an hour hour reading it can literally just be 10 minutes and same for your interest it could be 10 minutes uh it doesn't have to take a majority of like the majority of your time or your day i just realized i'm running out of time (laughs) let's go into the last part of this podcast which is the teaching books the books like atomic habits or the books like uh cooking books or any other book that will teach you life skills (laughs) and the the person in the video suggested mixing both practical and theory so when you're reading something start applying it to your life instantly uh instead of trying to reading instead of trying to reading uh, instead of reading it and then trying to memorize it because when you apply it to your actual life so i let's say uh, atomic habits uh i applied a lot of concepts in atomic habits in establishing my morning routine and so for example habit chunking uh having 
having that habit that I want to try and form with something with a habit that I've already formed and I get like some sort of dopamine from it um and that I've applied to my morning routine so I've tried to establish a self-care routine still trying to establish a self-care routine in the morning like washing my face putting on the moisturizer taking care of my face basically and just taking care of myself in general uh and so I wanted so I I already have kind of an affirmations type of habit I kind of wake up and go into the bathroom and while I'm going into the bathroom I just think of affirmations in my head that I want to achieve like I'm focused or I am productive or something something along those lines so what I've done is every single time I do kind of so for example if I do a face wash I say an affirmation then when I moisturize I do it I say an affirmation and it's kind of those those linking between those two so now whenever I do a face wash or face moisturizer I have these affirmations in my head um and it's kind of linked like those that those two are one habit in my head now <laughs> they were never two habits they were always just one habit in my head now and I think when you're applying those situations it's easier to implement what the book is trying to teach you uh, so, for example, in Atomic Habits, the value of every doing everyday things extremely, extremely well. Or the way every small little habit compounds into something bigger. And so that's kind of how uh, how I approach teaching books. And then he also suggests to take a break. Uh, because often, especially today, we're constantly bombarded with several types of information we've got social media we've got uh, we've got books we've got a ton of things we've got so many things that are bombarding our brain almost that we don't have time to kind of sit and process it so when you're taking a break you're almost reframing and spending time in taking the informa- information like not t- in taking sometimes not taking it, it it like we mentioned last week with with the neurocortex it allows yourself to process the information and so and solely just the information that you need when you sit down and give yourself time to process what you've learnt your information and consolidate and I don't know any other synonyms for learning. <laughs> but when you give yourself time to process on a certain thing that you've learned, it increases the strength of that memory. It increases the strength of what you learned. And therefore, you can recall it better. And also repetition. Repetition, repetition, repetition. That's why flashcards are super, 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 super well-versed. They, they force you almost to repeat the information over and over again to use the information over and over again because then you won't lose sight of that information and you won't forget that information as easily and yeah i hope that helped i hope that that helped some sort i hope you enjoyed today's podcast uh and you learned something new make sure to go check out 
the links in the description uh, if you are interested and want to do more research into this. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Um, have the best rest of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm going to go stare at the storm now uh, and just go and vibe with the storm. <laughs> But enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day or the rest of your morning. Um, And I will see you guys in the next week's episode. I love you guys so, so, so much. Can't wait. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Um, And yeah, love you guys so, so much. 